Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is headed to the Rio Grande Valley in Texas today. Thousands of migrants crossed into the U.S. near Eagle Pass in the past few days. And the city's mayor says they feel abandoned and are pleading for help. Well, now Texas Governor Republican Greg Abbott says that he is sending additional buses to Eagle Pass in El Paso to assist border communities. CNN's Rafael Romo is with us now uh, this morning to discuss. And really, uh, Rafael, this goes beyond the U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah, that's right, Victor. This is more of a regional problem. And uh, the problem goes beyond the migrants who have already made it to the U.S. southern border. There may also be tens of thousands of others on their way north. We reached out to the government of Panama, a Central American country that serves as transit point for many immigrants coming from South America and other parts of the world. They told us that during the month of August, listen to this, Victor, nearly 82,000 migrants crossed through their territory. And so far this month, more than 55,000 had done the same. This massive number of immigrants is causing problems not only across the U.S. southern border, as we have previously reported, but also in Central America and Mexico. Take a look at how these migrants are traveling through Mexico on cargo trains using bed sheets as tents to protect themselves from the sun during the long trip north. One of those migrants told CNN that as risky as it can be, they prefer traveling on the cargo train because taking the bus can be way more expensive. They take too much money from us. When we go by bus, drivers get 500 pesos per person, and that's why we arrived in Mexico City without any money, because they get greedy, right? If they stay, it makes me sad. And if they leave, I get sad too, because I know that if they stay, their dream is cut short. And if they leave, it is also sad, because we will never see them again. I mean, they are our brothers and sisters. Traveling on the cargo trains may be cheaper, but the trip north can also be deadly. On Tuesday, Ferromex, Mexico's largest railroad operator, suspended service of several northbound train lines after reporting half a dozen injuries and deaths of migrants. And just to put this uh, new migrant crisis in perspective, nearly a quarter of a million migrants crossed through Panama in 2022. According to Panamanian officials, more than 389,000 have done the same so far this year. And we also have an update, Victor, on the situation at the Border Customs and Border Protections Office of Field Operations. Just announced that it has resumed operations at the International Railway Crossing Bridge in Eagle Pass, Texas. So that's a new development that had been closed for a while. They're reopening now. All right. Uh, these numbers are massive. Mm -hmm. Rafael Romo, thank you. Omar? Well, let's talk about all of this with Andrew Seeley. He's president of the Migration Policy Institute, who joins me now to discuss. Uh, so, Andrew, we, I mean, we saw some of the numbers, just the differences in the number of migrants encountered this year so far versus last year. Um, and when you look at the data from the Panamanian government, it shows the number of migrants making the crossing through the Darien Gap is on, on the rise. Why are we seeing that sudden increase? You know, we were, you know, three years ago, we were talking about this and during the Trump administration is primarily a Central American issue, but the number of Central Americans is, has gone down a bit, is somewhat stable, but what we're seeing is this huge number coming through the Darien. And a lot of these are Venezuelans, um, the largest displaced group. There are about seven million, seven and a half million Venezuelans who've left their country in the last 10 years because of the economic and political collapse of that country. But it's also folks from other, it's, that's about three quarters. 
But the other quarter are, are folks from all over the world, from Ecuador, which is going through a, a spike in violence where organized crime has taken over, people coming from Asia and Africa. And it's gotten easier to come through the Darien Gap. It, it's still incredibly dangerous, but it is now possible to do, and there's now smugglers who dedicate themselves to getting people through, and folks have discovered they can do this. And of course, uh, an increase further south coming through the Darien Gap and from starting in South America through Central America translates to what we're seeing at the U.S.-Mexico border now. And it's part of why the Eagle Pass mayor says he, well, it's not part of why, but he says he hasn't heard from the Biden administration amid the migrant crossings. But what can the government do to help border communities, especially when they're much smaller than cities like New York City, who have also said they're, they're struggling with the influx of migrants? You know, it's really impressive what's happened in border communities. Um, my colleagues and I spent some time in a number of the border communities, actually, from California to Texas over the past few months. And, and there's, generally speaking, a real ability to collaborate right now between the, the federal border authorities, the city governments, and the nonprofit groups to, to allow people to move on quickly and not have to stay in border communities. But when they get a big surge, like happened in Eagle Pass last week, it just completely overpowers the system. And, you know, that may be the other sort of big story going on here, which is, you know, right now the sheer numbers are overpowering the system. You know, you see that in Eagle Pass last week. But overall, you know, the U.S. government returns maybe a thousand people a day um, to countries of origin or to Mexico. Um, all others, they have to figure out what to do with them. Either they have to keep them in custody or they have to uh, let them go. And now we're getting, you know, seven, eight, nine thousand people a day. And that, that also means... The U.S. government is overpowered. The ability to do any sort of deterrence at the border is limited. Um, and people discover that and they know they have a pretty good shot of getting in. And, you know, help us help us contextualize here, because you remember back in May, we were covering, as many people were, the end of what was Title 42, the the uh, pandemic era uh, restriction that was aimed at deterring uh, migrants or at least stemming the flow of it. Yet when that went away, Many thought that, okay, maybe this is a situation that's a little bit more tenable in the future. What, what is the dynamic that may have stemmed from that fall that we are seeing now, if we are seeing ripples from that dynamic? I, I think we are seeing ripples. I mean, it's, it's, we're back to where we were in terms of numbers. Um, we were not over it, but we're back to where we were. Um, what they're trying to do is three has a three-part strategy, right? They are trying to make it harder to cross between ports of entry. There's now, it's harder to apply for asylum, but it's turned out to be very difficult to implement that because they do have to give people due process and see if they're, they're still eligible for asylum or not. And that's taking a long time and it limits the numbers they can return. They're trying to open more legal pathways so people can come legally and they've done some of that, but it takes a long time to, to be effective. And they're trying to surge, uh, you know, in return for having less asylum at the border, do more refugee resettlement, you know, within the region. But that's also hard to do. And what we've seen in the meantime, they have a great strategy. I mean, they, and they're moving towards it. But just the sheer numbers have gone up and people have discovered that their chance of getting in is pretty good and they're willing to risk it. And people are coming from extreme circumstances and they, they look at the odds and they say, you know, I might get deported. Um, some bad things can happen to be on the route, but I'm willing to try it because I think if I get to the U.S. border, there's a good chance I'll get in.
Yeah. yeah, and I should say that when the pandemic era public health restrictions lifted from Title 42, the new measures that were put in place were aimed at deterring some of the migrants uh, coming in. But clearly months later, we, we are seeing the effects now in this surge, starting from well before the U.S.-Mexico border. I, I've got to leave it there. Andrew Seeley, thank you so much for being with us.